Hey, Chi Alpha. This is Matt. Nobody likes to be left alone, especially little children. They don't like to be left alone. We have three children. Ours are older now, but I remember when they were younger and dropping them off at preschool or daycare or Mother's Day out, leaving them with a new babysitter. They would cry and they would scream. They were not having it, right? They didn't like that. And even though we knew they're going to have a lot of fun here and they're going to make friends here and they're really going to enjoy it, they thought it was the worst thing in the world to be away from mom and dad. And and as much as you try to reassure them, hey, you're going to make new friends. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun, certainly more fun than coming with me to work. Uh, They say, no, it's not. I I don't want to be away from you, right? And they they would cry and they would scream. Uh, Nothing in the the world seems worse than being away from mom and dad. At that age, mom and dad is their whole world, right? And they they don't want to be away from them. Uh, It does not seem better that they go away. Maybe you have a little brother or a little sister or a little cousin that cries when you go away because they love you so much and they don't want you to leave. They don't understand that you have other things that you have to do, right? And so they cry and they say, no, don't go. No, don't leave me. What could you possibly have to do that's more important than hanging out with me, than being with me? Uh, How in the world is it better for a kid to be at preschool than to be with mom and dad all day long? They don't understand, right? They don't understand when we were that age, we didn't understand either. Some of us still hate being alone, right? And we'll do anything we can to avoid it. Last week, we kicked off a brand new series here on Thursday night, studying the New Testament book of Acts together. And we're simply calling this series Church because that's what it is, a study of the early church and what we can learn about community and the heart of God by looking at the lives of those first believers. In your life groups this week, you began the first chapter and looked at some of those final commands of Jesus after his resurrection. And we talked about what it means to make disciples and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We spent, uh, we spent some time studying that, and then we're going to continue to study Acts here tonight. And, and Jesus spent several weeks, right after the resurrection, Jesus spent several weeks, a period of about 40 days with his followers, providing them again and again with proof that he was alive and explaining to them that they would be the ones to proclaim that to the world. Well, what happened after that? Can I be honest with you for a minute? The topic we're studying tonight is extremely difficult for me. After spending those 40 days with his followers, the Bible tells us that Jesus then ascended into heaven. And the idea of the ascension is one that's tough for me because it's Jesus going away. It's Jesus seemingly leaving us alone, the thing he promised that he would never do. Right? And, and, and it's, it's tough to struggle with that. It's tough to understand, Jesus, why did you have to go away? Like, I get, I get dying for my sins, right? I, I understand the resurrection and the power that's there. But Jesus, why did you have to go away? It doesn't make sense to us on the surface. And as someone whose, whose job it is to teach students about Jesus for a living, man, it seems like it'd be so much better if I could say, and here he is, right? Here's Jesus. Jesus, you, you explain to these people this difficult Bible passage. I'm sure you understand it better than me. Jesus, you explain to these students who you are. Or if I'm talking with an atheist or agnostic student who may respect the teachings of Jesus, but has trouble with the supernatural elements, specifically a man raising from the dead, man, how much easier it would be if I could say, you know, Jesus raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. And here he is, right? It seems like that would be so much easier. Uh, and, and, and so I have trouble with the concept of the ascension. It's difficult for me. It seems like it would be easier if Jesus was still here on the earth with us. Jesus said in John sixteen seven that it was better that he would go away. And even though it's tough for us to wrestle with, it's absolutely true. 
And tonight we're going to talk about why. We know and understand that the birth of Jesus is important. We celebrate it big at Christmas, right? We understand that the death and resurrection of Jesus are super, super important. Um, But tonight we're going to talk about why the ascension is equally important because of all that it unlocks for us in our life with Christ. Let's take a look at it. The text we're going to look at tonight is Acts chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 4. Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4, says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he, Jesus, gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is spending some time with his followers. And this is the last time, the last moment Jesus is going to have on planet Earth. He's spending with his followers and they're eating outside. They're at a picnic, right? And I've got respect for that. As someone who likes to eat, that Jesus' last moment on planet Earth, he's eating with his friends. And it says he's eating there and he's giving them one last time that command. You're going to be the ones to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the good news of me to all people. Uh, the Holy Spirit's going to come and give you the power to do it. One last time, he's reminding them of that before he ascends into heaven. Uh, the, the, the disciples still not fully getting it said, Jesus, if you go away, then how are you going to set up your kingdom, right? Like, like we need you here for that. You're going to set up your kingdom. Or we're going to rule beside you. Uh, but, but Jesus says, no, it's not going to be that way. You're going to be my witnesses. And I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to give you the power to do that. The ascension had to happen. You know, even though it's difficult for us, the ascension had to happen. So instead of being locked in a single physical point on earth, Jesus could be everywhere and anywhere living in and through you by his Holy Spirit. Now, there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from God now. There's absolutely nothing that can separate you from him. Even if you're locked up in the deepest dungeon or you're off in the most remote part of the earth, Jesus is right there with you. And even if you feel cut off from everyone and everything because of social distancing and this wild global pandemic, Jesus is right there with you because of the ascension, because he can be with you now intimately by his Holy Spirit. Here's a quote from Timothy Keller that I really enjoy. He says, the ascension does the opposite of what the apostles thought. The ascension was not the absence of Christ. It is the increased presence of Christ. It is not the loss of his leadership and intimacy and protection, but the magnification of his leadership and intimacy and protection. He also goes on to say many of our favorite verses would mean nothing without the ascension. The ascension was necessary so that Jesus could send the Holy Spirit, right? So many of our favorite verses are meaningless without Jesus living in us and through us by his Holy Spirit. We think about Romans 8.38, right? This is nothing 
uh, and all the universe can separate us from the love of God. Well, it's, it's that, that oneness that we have because Jesus lives within us by his Holy Spirit. We love Philippians chapter 4 that says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How do, we, how do we do all things? How do we have that access to Christ's strength? Because he lives in us and through us by his Holy Spirit. And the ascension was necessary for that. The ascension had to happen so that the release of the Holy Spirit could happen. The two that are linked. The ascension had to happen for Pentecost to happen. This is what Jesus meant when he said, it's better for you that I go away. Jesus says that in John 16, verse 7, Very truly I tell you, it is good for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, in Greek that's paraclete, helper, that's the Holy Spirit, unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Have you ever driven through a tunnel? At some point, uh, engineers and construction workers had to blast a hole through the earth, right, using explosives so that you could drive through and get to the other side. Imagine if they'd set up all of that dynamite, but there wasn't a detonator. There wasn't a way to release that power and blast that tunnel through. In the same way, the ascension is that detonator that releases the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Jesus had to go away physically so that we could receive that power and we could receive that nearness from God. Uh, the ascension is the, the detonator that, that activates that, that releases the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Acts 1.8 there, the, the word there for power, when Jesus says you will receive power from the Holy Spirit, that word, Greek word dunamis, means that explosive kind of power. The ascension was necessary for us to receive that explosive power that Jesus has for us to experience nearness from God, but also to have the power to be his witnesses and to make disciples. We may not like it. We may not fully understand it. But Jesus says that it's true. The ascension is essential. The disciples didn't understand it either because they say, Jesus, what are you talking about? You can't go away. You're supposed to come and set up your kingdom now. You're supposed to overthrow the government, overthrow Rome, restore Israel again. You're supposed to set up your kingdom and we we're going to rule alongside you. We we're going to be the dukes and the knights or whatever. And we we're going to be there right, right there with you. They ask him in verse six, when are you going to do that? When are you going to set up your kingdom here on the earth? And Jesus says, I will set up my kingdom, but it's going to be a spiritual and eternal kingdom. It's not going to be a, a physical and the temporary kind of kingdom that you're thinking of. I will build my church. That's what he promised. That's what we studied last week. But you're going to be the ones to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit that I'm sending. You will be my witnesses. You will proclaim the good news of the gospel to all people. The gospel that tells them the good news of what God has done for them through Jesus. The good news that God loved them so much he was not content to see them separated from him forever, but sent his son Jesus to die in their place. The good news of the resurrection, that Jesus conquered the grave, that we can put our hope in him, put our trust in him, put our faith in him and be made right with God, adopted into the family of God. By the Holy Spirit, he was sending them to proclaim that to all people, right? So all people could be reconciled to God. All people could be welcomed into the family of God. Jesus promises promises he's going to send this Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what he does. He says, you will be my witnesses, but first you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, not your own strength. Man, he knew that their own strength would wear out. He knew you couldn't just go and make this proclamation and, and, and evangelize the world in your own strength, in your own energy, in your own enthusiasm. I know you're super excited in this moment. You know, I've raised from the dead. You've seen miracles. You've seen healings, but that enthusiasm is not going to last. So Jesus tells them, to, to go and proclaim this message, but don't do it yet. First, wait 
in Jerusalem for me to send the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. You need the power of the Holy Spirit, not your own strength. And for that, I have to go away. That's the ascension. In Life Group next week, we're going to study after the ascension, what happens next, right? What did the apostles do next, right? After, after uh, uh, Jesus ascended into heaven before their eyes and he ascended into heaven, he didn't just go up into the sky. Jesus isn't hiding behind a cloud somewhere. He's not just somewhere else in our solar system or in our galaxy. Uh, if all the world's a stage, Jesus has left the stage, right? He's left the theater. Uh, he's in heaven now. But the promise is one day he's going to return for us. Um, and, and as we read there, the, the, the disciples, they were standing there on the mountain. Uh, in Life Group this week, we're going to study the very next thing they do next as they descend from the mountain. And then next week in our family groups, we're going to look at what it looked like for them to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive this power promised by God on the day of Pentecost as they received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What does the ascension mean for me and you? It means the power of God has been released into our lives by the Holy Spirit in a way that was never possible before. It means God's nearness and intimacy is possible in every season of your life. It means that by his Spirit, Jesus lives in you and through you, and nothing in all this world can separate you from him. You have a greater nearness, a greater intimacy with him than would ever be possible, right, if he didn't ascend to heaven. Uh, and again, the good news is that one day he's coming back for us. We can be excited about that. We can anticipate that. that, uh, that this, we, those last verses we read said he's going to return exactly the same way uh, that, that he left. And, and we wait in anticipation of that. I want to pray with you guys. I want to pray. Um, and if that good news of the nearness and intimacy of Christ is something you would say, Matt, I need that in the season. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling alone. I need the nearness of God by his Holy Spirit. Or Matt, maybe I'm far from God. I've never put my trust in Jesus that way. I'd like to pray uh, with, with you right now about that. Father God, I pray, Lord, that, that everyone who's listening, everyone who's watching tonight, God, that you would encourage them. God, that you would let them know just how much you love them. God, that if there's anyone who's far from you, Jesus, they put their trust in you, Jesus, and what you did for them on the cross, uh, put their trust in you, and, and, and we believe, God, that when they do, their sins are forgiven, they're reconciled to God. God, they have that gift of eternal life, Jesus, that you promised, and you do come and live in them and through them by your Holy Spirit forever. And God, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that maybe believers that are just feeling far away from you, feeling disconnected, God, I pray that they would experience Right now in this moment, your nearness and your love for them, God. Um, God, that we'd experience more of your Holy Spirit in our day-to-day -day life, that we'd be thankful, God, for your nearness, God, and just take advantage of no matter where we are, we can call on you, God. You're right there with us. God, we love you. We thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for all that you've done for us in Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to turn it over to the family groups now where we can discuss some of these things a little deeper. I love you guys and hope you have a great week.